Welcome to Rhymes with Decora, a new podcast project from Inspired Media. You found us. You are here. We're excited about this project. Stories about communities you love by people you trust. Inspired Media bringing you this podcast. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. That is the awesome drumming of Mr. Nick Zielinski behind us. Find him on Instagram at indicative of drumming. Good stuff. Thank you for being here. Today's show, we are going to have a hoot talking about one of Aaron and I's favorite subjects. That is public libraries. And not just any public library, but the Decorah Public Library. And I have three very special guests from the Decorah Public Library here with me. Uh, Kristen Torsdahl, director of the Decorah Public Library. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We're excited. Uh, Zach Rowe, I feel, I I had it, it was close. Zach, welcome. Thank Thank you you. for being here. It's exciting to have you here as well. And Rachel Button. Hello. Thank you. Thank you you so much for being here. Do each of you want to just go around real quick and tell us what your world is at the library? So Kristen here, I'm the director at the library. I've been in that position for the last five years. So I oversee the facility, budget, staff, programming, um, sort of the many and varied departments that make the library run. Um, I've been with the library for almost 20 years now total. Time flies when you're having fun. It sure does, doesn't it? And I I mean, I have to mention as well, you are also good friends with my wife, Erin, and you guys have known each other for a very long time. Uh, so it's been really fun. We're, we're super proud of all the work you've done in the, uh, in the library and on your way up. It's been cool to watch. So Thank you. Definitely. Absolutely. Zach, tell us a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm the administrative coordinator, which is a confusing way of saying assistant director. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm in charge of all adult programming and um, sort of overseeing our marketing and social media things. Um, also kind of oversee a lot of the nonfiction acquisitions for the adult side of the collection. Um, yeah, Kristen's sort of right-hand, right-hand man there in the library. Um, <laughs> That's a nice way of saying my minder. It's okay. We can, we can just say okay, it. Here. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I've been at the library since uh, January of last year. So wow. uh, one, of those, one of those pandemic job jumpers. Um, I've worked in the museum field for the last decade. Absolutely. Um, we enjoyed working with you at Vesterheim yeah, as well. And yeah. we're so thrilled you're at the library yeah. and, and making it all happen. Um, absolutely. And Rachel, tell us about your world. Yeah, so I do programs, collections, spaces, some marketing things for anybody kind of age 0 through 18, 0 through 20. So really looking at infants through high school, college students, and just making sure that their needs, interests, and um, passions get centered in the collection and in our library programming. Absolutely. And we love, I tell you what, our daughter Roxy is 9 now, going on 10 and one of the things that so many people know, and we're talking about it in another podcast that's coming right up, uh, is, you know, those young ages in Decora and for young parents, having those outlets is so important because um, it can be such a challenge in rural Iowa to find those, particularly in the winter months, but any month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we love all the programming that um, you guys have been doing. We're going to talk a little more about that in just a second. A um, couple other fun things about the library. Uh, one, the new website, decoralibrary.org. So simple, so nice, so easy. I love it. Uh, but decoralibrary.org, your guys' website is fantastic. 
Uh, it's really comprehensive. There's a ton of stuff there. There's things I've found over the years that I think people don't even realize. I would love to talk about Libby with you guys for a second on this as well. The the audio podcast or the audio book um, free app that you can use. I use it a ton anymore through the pandemic. That was kind of a lifesaver for me. And just so many of those things you can find on the website, uh, but decoralibrary.org. And that is a fairly new URL for you guys um, that was simplified greatly. Uh, I don't know if that's increased your web traffic or helped some of those things, but it certainly simplifies telling people what it is, right? At least. Yeah, it used to be decora.lib.ia.us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stumbles off the tongue. Right. Um, so yeah, decorlibrary.org is, that was sort of an intentional decision. Um, decorpubliclibrary.org is too many letters for a URL. So yes, that will just simplify it. We're, we're not the only library in town, but we are the only public library in town. So yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that is fantastic. Another fun thing I love about our library that I think not everybody realizes is the, the physical building. And you guys have done so much work in the last couple of years to make sure that the library is up to speed and through the pandemic and that the spaces make sense uh, and that they're accessible and usable. And like I just all of that work is so important for a public audience. Right. Um, but the history on the library building is really cool, too. I think not everybody realizes um, that the original space, at least on the corner, was the post office in Decora once upon a time, right? It was, yeah. The library building um, was originally a post office. It was constructed and went into operation in 1911. Um, there are some neat historic photos of what that process looked like. Um, it operated as a post office until I believe the later 1960s, at which point post office moved to its current location. Um, and through the hard work of a number of individuals, the library was located in that space. Absolutely, yeah. And then, of course, the building has expanded over the years, and there's all sorts of spaces that have been utilized, and it's really, really a great space. And also so central to downtown, you know, it's one of those places. Um, let's talk about for a second, I don't, I don't think anybody really wants to rewind into more of the pandemic than we have to, but certainly when you talk about a... a um, presence in the community and in a, in a organization that provides so many resources to a community, um, it had to have been a huge flip for you guys. Uh, and it had to be something that was a huge challenge, but you all took it in just incredible stride and uh, found great ways to continue reaching the public. Do you, does anybody want to jump in on that? I would just highlight the the work that our staff did to make that switch so quickly. I won't say that it was easier without challenges, but every staff member went to such great lengths to make sure that we could provide as many services as possible in a completely new and unique way, uh, but really putting the safety of both staff and community members as a, as a high priority. So it was really a group effort. It just so happened that we had planned previously to do interior renovations, and all those things coincided for better or worse. So it was uh, quite an adventurous time. Yeah, absolutely. Programming-wise for you guys, any thoughts on that? I mean, I know there's some really creative things you did with, uh, you know, the pickup service, the, uh, you know, being able to essentially order a book online <laughs> to pick up from the library. Those are really amazing things that, that came about very quickly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways in which, you know, the pandemic was a horrible, horrible event to go through, to be going through. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of ways in which it sort of forced creativity on people to find solutions to... Um, problems that were, were newly emergent or had existed for a long time, but there simply hadn't been sort of, I don't know, incentive or will in order to sort of tackle some of those things. So there's a lot of ways in which the, the pandemic really increased the ability for us to 
make our collection more accessible to our library users um, through things like the grab and go reserve process where you can basically check out a book online. We'll pick it up for, we'll pick it out for you uh, and, and put it on the shelf and you can come and grab it at your convenience um, yeah. to Rachel. I'm sure we'll talk about some take and make uh, programs that, that she has done with, with youth. But um, you know, I, th- I think everybody probably has a lot of zoom fatigue, but there are lots of ways in which those sort of hybrid programs increase accessibility for uh, members of our community who are, are maybe homebound or maybe have um, other sort of anxiety issues that, that would preclude them from participating in an in-person activity. Um, so the ability to do hybrid program, the ability to do uh, things over Zoom has really allowed us to increase the reach of uh, the public library's programming, but also increase the access to um, this community resource that's available to everybody. Absolutely. I know, you know, just that accessibility option for people of all ages, all types, all, you know, destination uh, and just in scope of where you live <laughs> inside Decora, outside in the county region. Uh, and Rachel, I know one of the things, as Zach was saying that, that I thought of during the pandemic, you know, we took advantage of some of the um, uh, not grab bag, but kind of the the, uh, the bundles that you guys were doing, and yeah. especially for kids books, those were so fun because you could kind of throw out a rough topic or idea, right? And then you guys ran with it. That was really fun and just a great way to get to know the community better for me too. So I had only been working in Decor Public Library for probably four months before before March 2020, um, and it was really, really, really. It was really cool to be trusted with people's choices in books, whether those people were small children or middle school, high schoolers or parents who are like my kid used to love to read and (laughs) they're having a hard time finding something that's meeting their interests. Absolutely. And I felt like it was responsibility that like we all took seriously as a staff as we're doing that curation and also something that's helped me develop the collection. Like, okay, we need more books about trucks and princesses because... People want them, and we need a greater diversity of options. Absolutely. We were on the cusp of chapter books at that time, so I think you've led us into a couple really good series that saved us through some of the, those early months, especially when we were just a, a lot of time at home, for sure. So um, that's amazing. Other thoughts from that end of, of your world, especially in, in, in you know serving that young population, a different population, the grab-and-go projects were, have been, are such a cool thing. Um, and you guys have just, like a never-ending source of those. It's, they're so good. <laughs> but if you want to talk about those a little, I mean, I don't know, if at the, at the height of what you've seen on numbers on those two, it's an incredible service to the community. Yeah, we're getting still upwards of 150 to 200 people registering for those a week. Wow. So they're definitely serving a lot of people. And something that I really love is just, again, that reach and accessibility. So there are people who are grandparents who reserve mm-hmm. a craft for when their grandkids come to visit. There are people who are school-age kids who wouldn't necessarily be able to attend a, a Monday story time or people who, have, um, people who have jobs that wouldn't allow them to come at 10 a.m. on a Monday can still do an activity with their kid that's really curated by the library and designed to spark curiosity and interest in creativity. Absolutely. And I know those projects have kind of followed seasonally with different things, you know, with their winter and spring and summer. I mean, not even to mention all the programming um, that, of course, and some of the, all that was affected by the pandemic, but the amazing programs that you guys bring in. Maybe we can talk about a little of those in a, in a, if you want to. Um, some of the outside programs, I know some of the, the uh, animal and or reptile programs. <laughs> We're so excited for that this summer. That's something so... 
last summer we had a fairly quick pivot to having the building open to the yeah, public and yeah. we're really trying to meet people's needs. We put out a survey before summer started to ask what people were comfortable with and what they wanted. People wanted places to congregate. People wanted indoor programs and people wanted third spaces, but people also wanted outdoor programs and those grab and go programs. So we tried to accommodate all of that. This summer from the sense I get talking to kids and families, there is that appetite to have those large events and to have outside folks come back to, to Decora and to put on those programs. So we have really one a week from like June to mid-July. So wow. we have some a huge number of outside performers, which is going to be really, really fun and fa- super festive. Absolutely. I, I also know from a background in, in doing events that that is a large undertaking. <laughs> <laughs> But it is amazing, and you guys continue to just take on project after project and and turn it around for the public. It's a really incredible service, so we we appreciate those things. Maybe this is a good moment. We're going to hop out for a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more. I know you each have a couple of um, special projects you'd like to talk about, and uh, we'll talk more about the Decora Public Library. Of course, you can find the Decora Public Library online at decoralibrary.com. Dot org, and uh, that is the new website. And we're going to talk more with Kristen and Zach and Rachel in just a minute. This is Rhymes with Decora, being brought to you from Inspired Media. I love inspired.com. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, this is Eric from Cardboard Robot. Uh, we're sponsoring this thing. We're downtown Decorah. We sell art supplies and clever toys and stuff. And when Skip the Dog and I are not eating red chicken curry, we're listening to Rhymes with Decorah. Indeed, that is our friend Eric Sovereign from Cardboard Robot here on Winnebago Street in downtown Decorah. Cardboard Robot, helping you, helping us, helping you, helping us uh, bring these first few episodes of Rhymes with Decorah to life. Very exciting. Uh, we are thrilled to have such great neighbors and folks in downtown Decorah providing great businesses and opportunities to everybody. So come check it out. Well, today here on Rhymes with Decorah, we have the Decorah Library crew, and we are having a blast talking about all things library. Uh, I know each of you kind of have something you probably are interested in telling us about. Um, why don't we just start, Kristen? Uh, anything you want to tell us about in terms of summer, things that are coming up, opportunities with the library in general? I know our um, book club, there's been a very loose book club of uh, gentlemen for several years now. And uh, one of the links that went around the other day was the snacks. Is it called snacks? Is that right? Or um, the like... Book bites. Book bites. Quick Thank bites. you. Quick yeah. bites. Oh, quick quick bites. bites. How could I miss quick. that? Quick bites. Don't eat books. Come eat on. Books, yeah. yeah, don't eat books. Unless you're... They're high in fiber, but don't eat them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does happen sometimes, but you know, that's usually dogs. dogs. Yeah. The, the Right. <laughs> Buy marks and board books. This happens. <laughs> the quick bites that caught our eye was the demolition derby themed... Uh, uh, a session. Yeah, yeah it, it's uh, it's going to be a good one. So that one, um, Quick Bites, is um, we've got a lot of book book groups at the library, um, but not everybody has time to read like a full novel or a full sort of historical nonfiction book. So uh, Quick Bites was a way to do like a really accessible, low-key um, book group. Uh, so all the materials are available online. 
Um, and it's short form media. So that's everything from poetry to short stories to essays, podcasts, um, uh, all, all sorts of things. And I usually do a couple of stories or a story and an essay um, kind of around a theme or things that I think will relate to each other. Absolutely. So, yeah, at, at the end of the month, we've got um, it sort of ended up being a demolition derby theme. Um, <laughs> it's Iowa in summer. I it's mean. Iowa in summer. you got to talk about demo derbies. Um, I think the best demo derby I've ever been to was at uh, Trek Fest outside of Iowa City in oh Riverside, Iowa. And the demo derby ended in a fist fight. Um, wow. So it was not only cars getting demolished, but also wow. um, you know, fisticuffs. But um, hopefully the Quick Bites doesn't end in fisticuffs. We're just, <laughs> we're just discussing demo derbies. We're not I entering know into them. Keith Lesmeister was really interested. So, I mean, you never know. If Keith gets fired up, he's a, yeah, pretty, yeah. He's a pretty rowdy guy. But um, no, Yeah, so not, not um, really. the, the short story is by Tyler Barton. It's called Once Nothing, Twice Shatter. Um, and it's sort of all about like a s- incredibly charismatic guy who, who ends up sort of creating this this uh, culture around demo derbies and all these sort of yes lost uh, sort of lost boys that, that come and, and crash cars there oh and this goodness. cult of personality and then the essay that goes along with it is um, sort of all about uh, demolition derbies and small town politics and the ways in which sort of those two things interact <laughs> wow um, and the author actually enters into a demo derby in rural Maine. Uh, but talks about going to a demo derby in, in what cheer Iowa oh, yeah. uh, at the beginning of the essay. So the, it, it should be a fun discussion. Fantastic. I love it. I mean, you guys are also doing a happy hour book club, right? And a couple of other ones similar to that. We have a happy hour book group. We have a speculative fiction book group. Yeah. Um, we have a Friday book group. We have a history book group. We have a cookbook group. So if you love to cook. I did. I saw that one. I love that idea too. That What a, what a great way to plug in um, just with a random group of people, right? Exactly. Common interest, random group. That's kind of what it's all about, right? Yeah. Ultimately, we're up to about nine monthly book groups, give or take. So, yeah, lots of opportunities for any interest. That's awesome. And those are online and in person? Or they kind it, of vary? It right? varies by group. Um, many right now are hybrid. Um, cookbook is usually fully in person. Sure. Um, our spec fic group is fully online because one of the things we learned in the pandemic in terms of accessibility was that we had folks saying, hey, I'd love to attend. I live in Decora. My cousin lives in Chicago. <sighs> Is this something we could do together? And totally. we said, absolutely. So now we have, you know, friends that are participating from Iowa City and people in Chicago. And we've sort of just opened it up. Um, I've been trying to plug one of my college classmates, you know, who lives in Washington. Like, join our book group. It's for everybody. That's spectacular. It's been great. I love it. No, those are, those are fantastic resources and, and amazing Amazing things. Rachel, um, was there something else you had along with you for... Uh, oh, there stuff? is. But yeah. I was just going to say, I just learned this morning, sustainability book group for adults, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we've got a couple of one-off book groups coming up, too. This, I don't know when this episode will come out, but um, next week on the 17th of May, we're going to do a discussion of a travelogue that goes through all of the nine countries that border the Black Sea. Oh, wow. Um, and that, that discussion is being facilitated by... Uh, Dr. Orchin Selchuk at Luther, oh, who fantastic. is originally from Turkey wow. and is a political science professor. So it's a way to like look at what's happening in Russia and the Ukraine, uh, sort of conflict there, but through the lens of the Black Sea and, and the countries that sort of border that. Um, so that's happening, that's happening May 17th. And then uh, beginning of June, we've got two weeks of discussion around a book called Saving Us. Uh, which is a cli- mm. the subtitle is a climate scientist's sort of argument for hope, 
um, and and sort of changing changing climate change. Uh, Love that. So yeah, that that one's being facilitated by uh, a member of the Decor Sustainability Commission. It's sort of co. Um, we had also had support from the Luther College Center for Sustainable Communities to help um, get the the materials for that. So uh, that that discussion's happening on June seventh and June fourteenth uh, from six to seven. We're going to be at Pulpit Rock for that. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, those partnerships too, you talk about that. That's something that we always love, um, how much you guys look outside of, you know, not only your own direct world, but always those partnerships and looking across, across user groups, across interest groups, across all ages and boundaries of, of, you know, what people's interests are, you know, books are, are so many people's, uh, opportunity to their view into the world still right and the pandemic showed us that again um and of course living in a town like decora our library is an amazing resource we're very lucky to still have uh, an independent bookstore as well and all sorts of things but um you know those are those are things we love erin loves print that is her her first love in life and we, we talked about that on on the first episode of the podcast we did um but books as well you know and and that's something that she uh has has uh, also found very important to uh teach our daughter as well you know Start a, start at a young age, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Rachel, are there any programs specifically this summer that you're really looking forward to? Oh, I'm so excited to, again, have all those big performances um, at the library. So we have we have a magician. We have Eagle Bluff is coming, and um, we have the International Owl Center is coming. Oh, yeah. We have a circus arts performer, which I'm really, really excited about. She, wow. like, does cool things with fire and knives and, like, really, really interesting <laughs> And different than what we've done before. Am I guessing that's going to be outside? That one's going to be inside. Yes! Like there were all these talks about logistics <laughs> and like ceiling height and all of that. Um, People think librarians aren't adventurous, but they're wrong. <laughs> I should have um, known better. The insect zoo is coming, and the only outdoor oh, cool. one is we're doing the bubble stations again outside because oh, that was really that really popular is last so year. So cool. Yeah. Giant bubbles, right? Giant bubbles. Oh, so man. people are making them themselves instead of kind of watching somebody make them. Um, that's incredible. We also have a couple reading challenges. One for June in. I guess not just reading. They're kind of curiosity challenges. Yeah. Um, and the one for June has things like attend a library program, but it also has things like um, visit the Decorah Prairie or create a piece of artwork inspired by a book or oh, write awesome. a letter. Yeah. Read a graphic novel. So those there's like 10 things, and if you do five of them, you get a free pool pass. Nice. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Uh, what's the age range on those? So this one, this particular one, we have a reading challenge and we have an early literacy challenge. So the early literacy cool. one is going to be for little littles that like you can yeah. totally do with your infant and your toddler. They're going to be things like painting with water on the sidewalk, things that you could singing awesome. a book. Yes. Um, the reading challenge, like you could as an adult do that and get your free daily pool, pool pass. <laughs> like there's no limitations. We want adults also going to parks and reading graphic novels. Yes. So it's anybody who's interested. That is incredible. I love it. Uh, and those programs are, are so fantastic in the summertime. Um, you know, I guess we can mention as well, you were talking about pandemic and user groups and things. So the library is open again for anyone and everyone to use. Um, you know, having lived in some other cities, I know how, how public libraries can become centers for all types of user groups. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, the challenges, all of it. Um, we're really lucky in Decora that you guys provide such a central hub for so many things and being as close to the schools as you are. I know there are kids 
students who can just use that space after school safely, maybe even learn something, um, <laughs> or at least enjoy something and some reading. Um, are there any things you've seen since you've reopened in that respect of user groups and and using your spaces differently and some of those things? I think one thing that we've always known, but that has been even more apparent through the pandemic and, and as we sort of begin to emerge from it, is that there are a lot of people out there for whom the library is one of the few places of welcome and safety that they may have in their lives, mm -hmm. and that seemingly um, small daily interactions with library staff constitute a really important sort of social lifeline for folks. And that's something that we take really seriously and that we feel is really important. Um, and so, you know, in working on our new strategic plan, a lot of what we thought about is how can we continue to expand the welcome and the access, not only of our physical space, but also of our digital space and, and continue Absolutely. to invite people in. Yeah, you know, I mentioned the Libby app earlier, but that was something that I found through the library site during or right before the pandemic during that time. And um, I do a lot of dog walking, especially on days that are less hot than this. Uh, and the Libby app was great for me because I love to sit down and read, but being able to listen to a book is just a different experience. And that was one of those things that was just a real aha moment for me. Um, it was kind of the first time I really embraced that. Uh, process of, of, of you know, listening to a book. And I've told so many people about it who didn't know about it. And it's free. It's great. It's on the website. You know, you have, you have to have a device, but that's, you know, something most people have access to these days. And it's a, such a great service. Kids books too. I mean, all the way from kids to adults to magazines, everything in that structure, which is really fun. That's something we really hear from a lot of adults who, you know, through young children years and, and busy professional careers have maybe gotten away from reading as something they maybe enjoyed and had more time for in the past is that audiobooks can be a really great entry point to getting back to reading. Um, like you say, I listen to a lot of audiobooks while walking the dog <laughs> or cleaning or cooking or doing a wide variety of tasks. And I hear that from many adults that once they sort of stumbled upon that, it was kind of a key to re-engaging with the world of books. Absolutely. And Aaron and I talk a lot about that, it, you know, in this day and age, it's important to be, uh, to know what's going on in the world, but you don't need more than a little bit of news each day to, to be up on what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, books are just such a different window into into your daily life and adventures around the world. And there are just so many things I've appreciated about that for sure. So, I mean, similarly with teens too, I was listening to a webinar recently where they were talking about for a lot of teens through early 20s, that's like the primary way they engage with books as well. And I think it's so important to provide access to that, but also to validate that, that like yeah. audiobooks are reading, graphic novels are reading, Absolutely. that like really standing behind and defending the reading rates of young people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any way you consume those things is a is a, a win, especially for young readers and young young minds, right, to expand those ideas. Well, and in times like through the pandemic or just living in a rural area, when you might feel more isolated from the rest of the world, books so frequently provide a window into other experiences and cultures and, and time periods that it really helps mm. sort of broaden your perspective as somebody living through isolation or somebody living in rural Iowa. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, so all of all of the things we're talking about are at the Decora Library, and you can find that information online at decoralibrary.org. You guys also recently had an update in social media pages, and so if people want to check that out on Facebook, there's lots of pointers to the correct page and uh, updates that'll be happening there all summer, I'm sure. Um, the one other thing I wanted to mention while you guys are here is the Friends of Decora Public Library. 
library. So there is an organization that if you think all this sounds really cool or you've used the Decor library and you think the extra programming is really special or helpful, um, that you can support so many of these things. Uh, and that uh, is the Friends of the Decor Public Library. We might actually, I might actually do a show with a couple of those folks because they're their whole own organization. I, I understand that. But um, do you guys, is there an easiest way to connect with them? Do you know? So the friends do also have their own Facebook page, but yes. they also have a link on our library website. And through that link, you can get more information about the work that they do. There's a PDF of their most recent newsletter, which actually is about to come out the spring edition uh, yeah. this next week. And there's also a link if you're a person like me who really loves to give to organizations monthly and just automatically have it come out of your account. There's a link there where you can set that up either for a one-time donation or for a recurring donation. I love that option because it allows me to give more through the year than I might be able to at one shot. So Absolutely. Um, I think a lot, a lot more people are taking advantage of that. Certainly people can send a check. Um, they have a mailbox at the library, 202 Winnebago Street. Um, but it, it would really be hard to overstate the importance of the financial support that the Friends give the library in allowing us to provide the kinds of programming that we do for all ages. They are our number one biggest fans and supporters. Yeah, yeah and it's awesome. It's amazing to have an organization like that um, backing up all the work that you guys do. It's nice to be able to provide those services. And certainly, Rachel, like we were talking about, a lot of events coming up this summer, and those are amazing opportunities, but those don't come without a lot of extra work and cost and, uh, and uh, side things as well. So, yeah. Yeah, so a majority of our funding obviously comes from from the taxpayers of, of the city of Decorah. So that what the friends do is really provide resources above and beyond what yeah. the tax base provides. Um, so things like we're able to do seven to nine book groups a month for for our community because of the support from our friends. They um, from the library's friends. They they're the ones who are providing the resources to acquire those those materials. Absolutely, um, and to cover a lot of the expenses of bringing in. You know, circus arts performers yes. and, and magicians and, and all of that. You know, none of that comes cheap. Um, I love and, that. And that's how we are able to provide these as a free resource um, to our to our community. It's not just through tax support. It's through the support of our friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've certainly contributed to building projects, technology needs, staff continuing education. Um, they're they're always open to, to new ideas. And um, another really great way that people have increasingly been supporting the friends is through estate planning. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, if, if people feel like the services the library provide is really important to having a thriving, healthy community, that's something that a uh, conversation can be had with your uh, financial advisor or lawyer and, and make those plans in advance. And that's a really great gift that keeps on giving. Awesome. All that information can be found, decoralibrary.org online at the website or stop by the library. Talk to uh, one of the friendly folks at the Decorah Library and, We're happy uh, to have you. and see what's going on. It's a great space. Check it out. It looks great right now. It's super fresh. Everything is nice. It's a great place to grab something and sit down and read a book, a magazine, a newspaper even. Good old-fashioned. Um, so, yeah, check it out. All happening at the Decorah Library. If you guys are up for it, it'd be fun to have you on again sometime as the seasons change, as programming changes, as opportunities change, back to school. Don't even say it yet. But uh, all those things um, will be coming up. So I, I really appreciate your time and effort. We love everything that you do and appreciate um, all the work that all the staff put in at the Decorah Public Library. Um, so Kristen and Zach and Rachel, thank you for being here today and uh, part of what we are doing through Inspired. So, uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for doing it. We appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Absolutely.
This is Rhymes with Decora, a podcast project of Inspired Media. You can check us out online at iloveinspired.com. You can find, or will be able to find very shortly, all the information about this podcast at another website called decora.fun. F-U-N, decora.fun. That's all coming as well. Thanks to our pal, our friends, our good friends, Eric and Shannon at Cardboard Robot on Winnebago Street in downtown Decora. What are you going to make today? They can help you do it. Fun stuff all around. Also, our good friend Nick Zielinski, who has helped provide us with the awesome music tracks for this podcast. Find him online on Instagram, Indicative of Drumming. Thanks so much. We will see you on the next show. And thanks again to our friends at the Decor Public Library. Thank you.